even something uh, worthy of discussion about, because mm-hmm. this question was asking me about highway-worthy gear for his 10-year-old kid. Funny you should mention that. <laughs> so we could talk about that. Yeah, guy I went riding with yesterday. This is, uh, this is the cutest story. So his daughter, um, his, his wife is super cool. They, you know, apparently have a super stable relationship because he gave up riding without being asked when um, he also did Formula One racing. Gave that all up when they had their first kid hmm. and never looked back. She never said anything. He just said, you know what, this is a decision I'm making. So after watching, like, you know, a long way around and, like, running a, probably running a streak into the DVD, the wife was like, you really need to get a motorcycle. Hmm. So we went and got one, and the daughter, um, daughter's like, Mom, Mom, can I ride? Can I ride well, with How old Dad? is she? She's 11. Oh. So super close. So, so I'll, I'll end it with this. You know, in the evening, he comes home, and he usually likes riding around that time, and she is standing at his uh, V-Strom with her helmet. <laughs> can we go for a ride? Can we go for a ride? Nice. <laughs> I think it's the cutest thing. Well, partly one thing that I was thinking about is, like, what do I recommend for this guy? Because they're really, I mean, there's, you know, dirt gear, so there's there's options. But for street riding, there's really not. I mean, there is that Kinder Rider I was going to say, have you looked at what he sells? Because that's what I told this guy last night. Um, yeah, that's the only site I know of. So it's the only one I ever throw out there. But then the other part of me is, like, she's 10 years old. She really should be, should she, is she... I don't know. Should she be on the highway? Like, should she be doing that kind of riding? I don't know. I mean, that was my debate. Oh, because nah. you can also, you know, I, I don't know. People have issues about that. Like, I don't know that I would let my ten-year-old kid ride. I actually, I, to be completely honest, I don't think I would. Not on the highway. Like, I certainly. I know three people who have done long-distance riding with their, not to mention adventure trio. Yeah. No, I do. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go down that road. I mean, I know people who do it. I just, which is fine. They, you know, I'm not to say what you, how you parent your kids. And to me, it's just a personal decision, just like wearing gear, whether you wear it or not, or whether you wear a helmet or whatever, do whatever the hell you want. But for me and my kids or my life or my riding, that's not how I want to do it. Hmm. So that's just the way I choose to, um, that's what I would do if it were my own decision. So to advise someone else, that's where my conflict comes in. Like, because personally, I honestly don't recommend it. It's not that I disagree with, you know, I think people are bad. You know, like I think Sandy's sure. terrible. She's a horrible parent. God, no, it's nothing like that. And I certainly think they are capable, amazing people to know what they should do and what they shouldn't do and they have their shit together and you know that they are responsible people and they're not taking this lightly at all and they do everything to the nth degree to make sure everything's you know on the up and up but not everybody does that sure. like people well, and and i would say it's something where you just have to temper your do you do you feel so strongly that you want to go down a political road when someone is asking you Hey, I want to gear up more. How do I get? How do I make this happen for my kid? Because we like to knock, you know, the the Angelina Jolie's and whatnot for like throwing a kid on the back yeah. of a Vespa. And I definitely, oh God, you know, I'll, I'll say my two cents about that. But you know, when someone's asking you about that, you kind of have to make the choice: 
if I'm going to have to inject my own personal like politics about whether or not they should do it, then perhaps you should say, nope, don't know of a site, and then walk away from that, as opposed to like having suggestions. I was wondering if some of the smaller sizes in the Italian lines would, would fit. So Her problem is that she's super skinny. Right. So there's my general advice, is if you can't find something to fit them, I don't feel like that's safe enough. Because the yeah. fit, I mean, that's what I would, that's what I would tell an adult. So yeah, to have that, that, that double, perfect right? Because that's a double standard to a, a child. It's like, well, it's okay because they're just a little kid. Yeah. Not okay. Like that's no. probably the only line I have that's a hard line is great. Gear them up. Awesome. But they have to fit into something. They have to grow I think enough. That is a perfectly veiled response that, you know, has your opinion, but it's very practical. Like just make, make sure that they're geared properly. And if they're not, you might want to reconsider, you know, taking them out on the road. Right, or just wait until they can fit into the right things because even the smallest ladies' gear is really not built until you're you weigh at least a hundred pounds. Like that's that's you know, more that than. You know, that might be interesting to ask Sandy. What did Jack wear? Because Jack is they rail put thin. him in ladies' gear. Like I'm pretty sure they put him in Olympia ladies' gear, huh. um, which I think is actually a little big. Um, personally, you would think. Yeah. Personally, I think that some of this, but I don't know how big he was. I mean, boys are different and that could be different than a girl. Oh, I don't know. Jack, Jack's a rail. So um, my theory is, is that he was wearing it, but it, maybe they had other armor. I don't know. But um, um, I, yeah, like the thing is all the smallest ladies gear starts at about a hundred, even a hundred pounds is really, really difficult. And it's um, extremely narrow. There's only like two things, literally two things that will fit a person at that size to a jacket and a jean like that's the smallest thing yeah. i've ever found um below that there's nothing so usually people i usually encourage them to do a dirt gear <clears throat> because there's a lot of armored uh you know pullover dirt gear that you can wear and at least that's something underneath and something. a lot more kids do off-road <clears throat> yeah so there's tons of off-road gear and that's <clears throat> to me like one of the best things because you can get like a whole protection jacket that has chest and back and elbows and shoulders um it may not be ce rated but at least it's something that has some protection on it and then under a jacket that's actually pretty cool and same with the bottoms like you can do knee got big knee guards which is cool and dirt bike boots so i think there's options there but as far as like clothing it's really really hard so yeah um yeah, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, have anything against people who, who gear their kids up, but try to find something that fits them, and if it doesn't fit them, then you may want to wait, just hold off a little bit, like, kids grow so fast, I can't imagine it takes more than, like, three yeah. months for Bone, them to catch uh, up. Under Armour, Bone Under Armour, B-O-H-N, they were what I first wore when I first started riding, and they have, like, a, it's like a, a tight, like a lycra tight, where the Right. Here is, you and know, there's a lot in. of that. And he was thinking he was going to try to do that. I just looked at the smallest size for Olympia. The chest is a 32 to a 35. That's yeah. pretty big. It's That's big. Like, my right. chest is a 35, so I'm an adult. So oh, Right, yeah. it's adult That's... sized. It's not under, it's not like a 25 inch. It's You got to grow up uh -uh. to, yeah, you got to grow up to like 110 pounds um, to even get to the small, even the smaller sizes still only get you yeah. to a 33 inch chest or so 34, actually 34, like a full circumference measurement of 34 is about where, 
um, the smallest ladies sizing mm. comes into play. And the play. waist, smallest waist is a four and it's a 27 and it's an overpant. Yeah, 20, wow. 26 is the small, 25 is the smallest I've seen for waist. And that's, those are riding jeans. Those aren't even pants. Like yeah. it, the smallest that I can find is riding jeans. And then for pants, you got to bump up to a 27, uh, sometimes 26, but <clears throat> it's, that's still an adult human being. So, you know, generally I'd say I'd ride, that's pretty much what I'd recommend. Um, yeah. So welcome to episode 44. Why don't we just <laughs> start off with a discussion and then intro. So for episode 44, we are obviously discussing one of kind of very general issue that you probably, I'm sure many of our readers come across with either your own family or other families that you might run into or other people is, is uh, riding with your kids. And, and both of us are certainly aware of AdventureTrio.com and how they approach it. And they're a really good model. So if you are interested in riding with your children, I would really recommend um, following them on Facebook, go to their blog, see how they how they did it and the what you know what precautions they took and kind of I say that's like the ideal way to go about incorporating your family into street riding not off-roading but because that's I think a different adventure but um, I'd say that if you're going to do it you know try to do it as fiercely as you can and as you know don't take it as lightly as you would with yourself or you know you know what I mean like I, yeah. I just would take it to the nth degree. Yeah, um, kind of like what we've talked about before. You're, you're, when you're making a decision for someone who can't make a decision for themselves, right. well-informed decision. You, you know, and and be it passenger, whether that's another adult or a child, you kind of wanna. I mean, at least as far as my opinion is concerned, I would overprotect because that's just right. the nature of me thinking. Well, you know. When I, when I drive in a car, I might go a little bit faster than the speed limit. But when I have a passenger, I'm not going to make those same kind of, kinds of choices because I'm going to be more conservative, err on the side of caution. So that's kind of what we're, you know, getting at with that. Yeah, and I, I've seen too often as well is, is kids in gear that's really big, like an adult helmet for a, a nine-year-old child. It's not going to work for them. It's sadly not going to protect them as much. I mean, yeah, it's better to have something covering your head. Um, you know, rather than not having a covering of some sort over your head. However, you know, a helmet's designed to work in a very specific way and to be worn a very specific way. So you, you know, you want to look at youth helmets. I mean, really try to dial down and find something appropriate. Um, and then, you know, and then take it easy, take it really slow and, and kind of see how it goes and maybe ease into it like you would a person, you know, like start with your smaller rides and then I don't know work your way up I'm not <clears throat> I mean I don't have any experience there so I'm probably talking out of turn in that regard again I would visit Sandy's website <clears throat> excuse me um see what they've done check out what they have to say maybe post a, a question on their wall for some advice they probably have really good feedback and advice on the right way to do it for your situation and your family or they might have some ideas so that would be my my general advice there um so I think we're also going to chat a little bit about, um, I think we have a recall. Oh, and Honda came out with a CBR300R. So it sounds like they're competing with the with Kawasaki, and they've decided to come out with something similar. And then I got inundated this week with, I think in the last week and a half, I got eight emails, which is 
definitely a record for me because I'd never get that many emails in a week. And I actually got two emails from guys. So I'm going to, I'll just cover one of those questions really quick. And then you can check the rest out on my blog. I made a separate page called Q&A. So anytime anyone emails me a question or just asks me one, I'm going to post their question and answer there. Uh, I don't put your whole name or your photo. I just put their first name and, you know, Amy or whatever. And it could be an Amy in anywhere part of the country. So it just, the questions are very specific to these people. And sometimes there's measurement info and whatever. So why don't we um, we'll just throw out some of the news stories and then we can, oh, and then we definitely need updates from you on all the writing you've been doing because God knows I don't have a life anymore. So I don't <laughs> ride anywhere fun and I work and pretty much that's all I'm doing. So we'll, we, we should, we need to get your update on that too, but let's yeah. just kick out a couple of these stories really quick. Um, most interesting one, at least as far as what, when we usually report recalls, we're, we're so far removed from the actual experience of a recall that it's kind of funny. Um, the, uh, the defect in the suspension for the 2014 R1200 RT is, I guess, a, a, a casual shot over the bow for BMW issuing a warning. But instead of making it a, a formal recall, they've just advised their riders or owners of that bike to not ride it until they sort out the issues. <laughs> Sorry. Please don't ride Stop your motorcycle. And, and I apologize, you know, because uh, uh, due to conflicts with my schedule, we weren't able to record about a week or so ago. Yeah. But that was about the time that we started seeing the uh, don't ride your bike, <laughs> which, you know, it's an amusing way <laughs> to, to advise people. But I think the funniest story that I can relay was the fact that I have a, a friend who is who was currently reviewing um, for uh, for an online publication, the 2014 R1200 RT. And sadly, he turned in his review prior to this happening, but uh, they basically, instead of having him ride back to the fleet, which is locally here in Southern California, they actually sent a flatbed because they did not want him to ride it because there was that much concern over it. So perhaps before you issue that casual warning, you should just make it formal. I don't know the technicalities with... um, the Highway uh, Transportation Safety Board, but you know it, it's just kind of an amusing thing. So, if you were one of the lucky people to have purchased the R1200 RT, which, by the way, is massive, massive touring bike, um, is it bigger please than don't this ride it. K16, though. That thing is massive. You know, both of them are kind of massive. The 1600, <laughs> I think, is fared fully, and this one only has like lighter. the fairing above it's the sporty yeah, lighter light. version by <laughs> yeah. like 50 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I think that the R1, the S1000RR is enormous, being a, a sport bike with a thousand cc's. But I mean, this bike is enormous. I've seen it in person, and it's wide. It's a couch. It's like a couch on wheels. <laughs> yeah, like, basically, it's like the so, victories like that. That's that's my input in the recall spectrum. Well, then we hope that if you have one, you uh, aren't riding it, and hopefully they are taking really good care of you to resolve that issue. Um, the other kind of interesting thing is Honda is unveiled. They've unveiled the CBR300R for their 2015 lineup. So my theory is then you probably won't see that until the next year. Like, I don't know, maybe mid or summer. Um, we'll post a link to that story, but that's kind of cool. Hopefully that means they've, they're paying attention and they know that Kawasaki is doing really well and selling that Ninja 300. And I, so many people seem to love that bike. And I've met people from all different 
riding backgrounds that have that bike. Everything from this is my first to, oh, I've got 10 and I love this and I wanted a little light sport bike. Um, and they just thought it was a really fun thing to add to their collection because it's a, just a really cool uh, little sporty. And I'm guessing they, I would think they would replace the 250 for this 300. You know, it's only, it looks like only a 17% increase in horsepower. So it's not yeah. like it's, you know, this crazy jump in power. It's still a great, great beginner. It comes in with ABS. Yeah. And, uh, I, it just makes me laugh because both, both Kawasaki's Ninja as well as the Honda were both 250 when they started. And I guess, you know, Kawasaki makes the choice to bump up another 50 cc's. And it's just funny that the Honda's like, oh, well, we got to keep the same engine size in line to compete with the spike. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of amusing to me. Well, I wonder also, though, too, though, is they, they could have had this 300 in overseas for years. And, and just bringing that's also it. true yeah and i have a feeling that they've had that over there in, in india or in asia and other countries but bringing it here is such a big deal but that's why there's like uh, i think that's why it's kind of interesting but i would yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they already have that or i'm sure they have the 250r they probably have the i certainly hope that's while. the case because having to go through an entire engine redesign and just the amount of cost to bump up a bike another 50 cc's would just crack me up yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't, I just don't understand the philosophy there. Um, but it looks like it's available in August. It looks like it's an update. It doesn't appear to be really any. It's not like an all new bike. Um, I mean, it, it appears to be the same, pretty much the same bike with some minor tweaks. You know, increase in. Um, the power a little bit the displacement went from 249 to 286 um it doesn't look like it's that much different i mean aesthetically they updated a little bit so it looks a little more like a miniature cbr 1000 rr you know they changed the headlamps um the abs but uh i'm my theory is they're just trying to compete and you're like hey they're making you know, a lot of money on that, and people want a slightly bigger bike, so let's give them a 300. It's got a three and a half gallon tank. It's kind of nice. You could do yeah. some nice traveling on that. Probably gets really good mileage too. Um, it only has a 30 and a half inch seat height. Oh, and the curb weight is only 361, so it's pretty light, less than 400 pounds. Dry. I mean, wet. Seems like yeah. If the curb, oh no, curb weight's wet. So at 361, that's wow. That's awesome. It's a nice little bike. Computer-controlled, digital, transistorized ignition with electronic advance. At some point, I need to hop on both that and the Kawasaki 300. <laughs> and really, I mean, they're both really good brands. I think probably what the changes may boil down to is ergonomics, at least for me, mm -hmm. being tall. Yeah, maybe. How do they feel after like an hour of riding it? Oh, probably not amazing with as with any sporty bike. I mean, sure. let me just look at the photo. Like, how aggressive is this riding posture? Yeah, no. <clears throat> See, I think looking at the photo, the riding posture on this, <clears throat> excuse me, is just like a Ninja 250 with maybe a a slight five or ten degree forward. Um, but it they are clip-ons, so they're not. You know, it's not like a um, what am I thinking of? Like a GS 500F by Suzuki. That's like a straight handlebar it's very upright i believe sport tour and the 
looking at photos of this of this this guy um there are clip-ons so it definitely could be a little bit lower for sure but yeah i mean anything like that's just not great for a really long haul i don't know how i did it such a long time ago i don't know yeah i was just about to say like i don't know it's when i was young i was in my late 20s no <laughs> i don't know 10 years makes a difference i think back then i just had more stamina for such things um Maybe I was just excited by all of it so much to where I didn't care. I I don't remember. I think I'm just not in shape anymore. Do you know what's interesting about their technical specs for this bike? Mm -hmm. Is that they list the curb weight for the 300R and mm -hmm. then the 300R ABS. So you know that the actual ABS module weighs seven pounds. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fascinated by stuff That's like that. That's great. Uh, hopefully that doesn't. <laughs> change your opinion because remember that curb weight is not the end-all be-all it's all about balance it's all about um where they put things and how they arrange things because like on a bmw like i was really impressed by the f650 and the f800 because they weigh i don't know like 450 or something i mean they're in the high they're in the fours well into the fours and you think wow that's mm -hmm. a really heavy bike but you sit on it and it feels like you're riding a scooter i mean it's just you know the balance and the the way they put things lower and you know, they strategically put the tank, you know, here, or they shape it. And so remember just yeah. to sit on things and get a, a, get a feel for the displacement, but that's still a pretty light bike. And I think pretty easy to learn on, I would think. I'd love to ride one too, but I don't need a motorcycle, but I will get to ride a new one in a couple of weeks. Somebody is going to pick oh. up a speed triple. Cannot wait to ride it. He found a Although, speed triple. Really? Yeah, yeah, he finally found one and the color, everything that he wanted. It's like the perfect one that he wanted. And it's, you know, 20% over our budget. Actually, more than that. I think it's like 40% over our budget. But <laughs> let the man be happy. Well, and, and because it, he probably won't buy another bike after this, like at least for a while. I think he'll have this sure. bike for at least five years, maybe even probably even longer than that. I don't think unless we move again or something like that. So relatively new what's the year it's an 06 and it only has 7,000 miles on it so i'm, I'm wow. not supposed to talk a lot about it because he doesn't want to spoil it because we haven't he hasn't picked <laughs> it up yet yeah yeah and just, yeah so there's you know trying to find trying to secure this and it's a newer speed triple so it's kind of fun because i have only ridden i've only ridden the new streets i haven't ridden any of the new speeds um hmm. so the streets are amazing i'm sure that this the speed will be also amazing yeah, I was um, informed that I should consider a speed triple in lieu of my potential mm. getting a ninja. You should try it. I mean, ride it. Yeah. So if you can find one that has somebody that has one, that'll let you take it for a spin. I would definitely I do could, that. I could go up to the um, Triumph dealer out here and take a demo. sit on it. Yeah, yeah that like, was the bike I was sitting on, actually. Uh, yeah, I see if they'll let you take a test ride. I mean, um, yeah. the only I, my only issue with bikes like that, they just... You know, when you're in a parking lot or you have to um, move them, they're heavy. They just weigh way more than I want to manhandle. And I could. It's just I don't want to. It's like I could buy a Hummer, but do I really want to drive that thing? Not really. You know, it's I could ride it. I just I don't want to have to deal with something that heavy personally because I'm being that I'm shorter. It's it's not it's not the height that most of the time is your issue. It's the fact that because you're because you're physically smaller, then you're actually closer to the tank. And then when you reach forward to start manipulating, you're managing so much more weight. 
than someone I think who's like six feet tall and that way because then their center of gravity is a lot lower just because physically if you're a taller person right you're higher above the motorcycle but when you're littler like me then then I'm really handling more weight and already parking is already a pain and I just I'm spoiled I like my little teeny weeny little 650 but um yeah I'm fingers crossed put out your positive bike vibes for that and uh, when it happens, I'll certainly be posting photos of me borrowing it for a quick ride. <laughs> if you Checking me. out, looking for the weight on that. On speed travel? talking about it. Uh, dry weight, wet weight. Ah, it's in kilos. Man, make me do the math. Oh, Google it. Google the... Yeah. Probably, it's got to be in the mid fours to high to like five because... Our old sprint was. Whoa! Wow, you're right. I yeah. mean, it's a thousand cc's, but it's 471 pounds. Dry. Uh, Is that wet? wet? Yeah, like the. Yeah. I can't remember. The sprint was close to 500 wet. Interesting. Um, but that was, yeah. I mean, that was a 955, so that was almost a thousand, and it was just heavier to park. I mean, other than that, it rode great and it kind of rode really well, and um, it was fun. But I just, you know. Personally, I appreciate the, the feel of a teeny little motorcycle. So if you're in the market for a new sport bike, check out the 300. It looks like the cost is MSRP $43.99 to $48.99, depending on ABS. Of course, you pay more for ABS. So, hmm. Wow. And yep. if you get the Daytona, you lose, uh, well, of course, you lose engine size, but it's 405. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. See, so much lighter. Um let us know if you end up getting a CBR 300. We'd love to hear how that is. I, I've never, only Hondas I've ever ridden was a Nighthawk. Nighthawk hmm. 250 in classes, and that's really it. So I, I would love to ride a, a Honda of some sort. Um, maybe someday. And what else? Um, okay, so tell us about all the riding that you've been doing. And I think you took some test rides Sounds like you were riding a few different vehicles recently. Not exactly test ride, but um, basically uh, one of my friends wanted to get the KTM 1290 Super Duke. Nice. Because they're out. He, yes, exactly. Like fresh out. Yep. And he has quite a little bike harem and he decided, you know what? I want to thin the herd and buy I that. have these two bikes. So he had a it's only a couple years old so i want to say it's like 2009 or 2010 ducati monster the diesel like diesel the clothing company they mm -hmm. made an addition nice the monster that's like a, a kind of a dark green forest green sure so he had that bike and he had uh the moto guzzi grizo mm -hmm. which is actually a cool looking bike i've never heard of it let alone seen it i didn't ride it but you know, the minute he said, yeah, it's kind of quirky, but I, you know, I love Moto Guzzi's. I said, you know, not totally not interested. <laughs> if you throw down that there's some sort of manhandling instructions to go with this motorcycle, that's something other than what I would perceive as get on and ride. I'm no, not especially not when you're about to trade it in. <laughs> it's too much pressure. So I rode, rode out to his house, um, jumped on the Ducati, which... Wow. Okay. Before which monster I, is it? Um. You know, I have no idea. Like, was it a nine hundred? Maybe. All I can say is the only Ducati I've ridden before was the the Hyperstrata, and while that was you know zippy, 
uh, being that it's a, a decent sized engine and a lightweight bike. Um, you don't have the kind of... Ah, uh, it's 1200. Yeah, you, you don't have the engine roar on that bike that you do on other Ducatis. So when I got on the Monster and I was just kind of sorting things out before we got on the freeway, it's just like, oh my god, the noise on this bike. Now I know what everyone's talking about. <laughs> it's just like a, oh, wow, that's lovely. So I was, you know, riding behind him and at some point would just kind of move over into the other lane and gun it just for the hell of it. Did have nice bike. Probably had an aftermarket pipe on it. Like, it probably had a Termi or something on there. Oh, yeah. He had Termi for sure. But it's just the... Now I get it. Now I get why people, you know, compare, uh, you know, say that bikes are sexy or the engine noise. And and now I know why they actually... Ducati has a CD of Ducati bike engine noises. (laughs) Nice. I'm not even kidding. There's an actual CD of all different kinds of Ducati sounds. Which, it totally makes sense after listening to this bike. But um, handling was great, uh, being that's the first monster I've ever ridden. And I think the only downside to it was the fact that their um, their LCD screen was kind of tough to see in, like, direct sunlight for me. But, um, yeah, so that was fun. We traded it in, and then I volunteered. You know, he looks at me, he's like, so how are we getting back? I'm like, well, I just figured I'd, you know, ride on the back of... I mean, we discussed this beforehand, but I said, well, we'll just ride two up. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked him, have you... You've ridden with passengers, right? You're cool with that, because otherwise I'll, you know, I'll just get a cab home, because we went to Pro Italia, and it's really close to my house. And he's like, no, 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 I've, I'm taking passengers. I'm like, you're comfortable with this? Because I can tell you on one hand, with only half of my fingers exposed, how many people I've ridden on the back of a bike with, because I don't mm-hmm. do that. Yep. It's not the thing I volunteer myself for. Um, so he seemed pretty confident, so I, I trusted him. I'm okay. So we get there, and we trade the bikes in. I'm taking tons of photos. If you follow my Twitter feed, you'll probably see the, the MV. Wait, did, so he, he traded in the, his both bikes for two. the Super Duke? Yeah, nice. even swap. And then he rode the Super Duke home. Exactly. Got it. And oh, the backseat we couldn't have been comfortable in that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the part that I didn't think about. So Pro Italia has been there forever, and I think it's uh, technically the city's like Monrovia. It's it's off the two, and Mm -hmm. their showroom has always been just literally bikes are shoehorned. Lots of Italians shoehorned into this tiny little box of a of a shove as many bikes. That's right. And they always, you know, have like a hundred bikes out in front that are their you know uh, customer service uh, bikes because they also do servicing there. So apparently they've expanded. And they now have a place up the street. And so this place is just totally teched out, modern. They have, um, they had a couple KTMs in there. The Triumphs are in there and the, K- and the Goozies are in there. Hmm. So really nice, modern, has an area to sit and it sure. is awesome. So I'm gonna talk to them about having, you know, some events uh, or whatnot because it's perfectly designed for it. Before Pro Italia, the other one is just totally dysfunctional to have an event, but this new showroom that they have looks mm. amazing. So we get there and I look at the KTM and I look at the passenger seat and I'm like, oh, I did not think this through, did I? <laughs> There's like this tiny little triangle pie and there's no little pie you know no oh bars and so i'm looking at him like how are you supposed to hold on apart from holding on to the person that's riding that's it 
So I just kind of sucked it, sucked it up, and uh, and got on the back of this thing, and I call it the bird perch because it's literally really close to the people I see on the highway, you know, on the sport bikes with the tiny little raised up, you know, yep. just oh, scary. So I have one hand on the back of the seat, um, kind of holding behind me just to hold something static on the bike, and then the other hand on him, and it was funny because I said look, I will do this for you. I will ride this bike out for you. It'll be a lot better than towing. And the only thing I ask is do not lift up the front wheel. <laughs> Keep it. There's like different modes on the KTM, much mm -hmm. like a, a BMW, where I think road mode is like the idiot mode. No, it's just <laughs> like torquey. Ride and, yeah. Like, ride and road mode and we'll be good to go. So we're on the highway and, and I'm, you know, I've got one arm loosely around him and then the other arm around the back and i think he kind of caught on to the uh to the typical guy um strategy of you know if she said just keep the front wheel down so if i roll back on the throttle and get it up to like 80 or 90 she's gonna have to hold on to me tighter <laughs> well yeah you're gonna fall off <laughs> yeah. you have to but of course you know the, the guy thing is the she's going to have to press into the back of me and grab on tighter. Yeah, so it's just much. like, really, come on, we're, we're doing this. Oh, yeah, you have so, to. I mean, when you ride on the back like that, like you will fall well, off. Like I it's, know, I, I know I have to, but have to. the notion is the guy figured out in his head, how can I make her press herself up against me? It's not a protection thing. It's a very, you know, sleek move for the dude. So after we get to his house, I asked, all right, so I'm still alive. I've done this. You know, I've put up. I, I think I have uh, I think I was a pretty decent passenger, all things considered. And he looks at me. He's like, would you like to ride this? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. Without nice. you. <laughs> and he let you. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Generous, man. So Generous. I, uh, it, it is so light. And the seat height is yep. like 30. It's, yep. it's low trying for to a do, KTM. I'm try wow, 30 seems way too low. Hold on, let me see. It's what like 30, 31. Let me see, couldn't do the math here. Because I did the math, and it's it's uh, under 400 pounds or around 400 pounds. Yep, 32.8. Okay, 32, 32 sorry. Yeah, which is still low for a KTM, which is to me yeah. is very low. And then this... Which is why I said, hey, this is low. And he's looking at me like, really? Your, your legs are incredibly long. No, 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 KTM, the brand, is traditionally 34 and up. Yeah, 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 no, definitely. Let me see what the weight, so the weight is 189 kilograms. And that relates to, not metric ton, um, pounds. <laughs> oh, Google, cool. you're so useful. 416. Yeah. So, so no, it's really totally light. light. Yeah, and, awesome. and I'm sitting on this bike. Obviously, you know, yep. no uh, no windscreen or anything. I'm sitting on this bike going, God, yeah. wow. I didn't expect it to be this lightweight. And it's, you know, 1290. That's that's a lot of engine. That's probably the most amount of engine apart from the Indian that I I've been on. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the RC8 engine. Let me just, or I don't know, it, it could be it something is. else. Let's see. So while you're looking that up, I'm riding through this, this neighbor, this residential neighborhood. And fortunately there's, you know, no kids outside playing or anything like that. And literally I'm in third gear and I'm already at 70. Like there's no You don't no even problem. need to be in third gear. I bet on that <laughs> <Probably> thing. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I bet you probably just need first. And I literally have this stupid smile when I get off the bike. He's <laughs> like, apparently you like it. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. How can you not? I could easily go out and buy this bike just for yucks. I don't really know what I would do with it or other than really short, you know, weekend rides. But 
Man, that bike you is could, stupid fast, uh, stupid fun. You could haul ass across the country. It just uh, takes a little bit sure. of uh, alterations. Stupid, <laughs> stupid fast, stupid fun as far yeah. as, you know, that would be my bike review. Four words. If you have never ridden, I mean, the Super Duke is basically this really crazy supercharged supermoto. You know, it's 1290 or whatever, but it's probably like, you know, 1289, whatever. Uh, it's actually uh, 1301cc. Um, it's a supercharged race bike, but in this really fun upright position, you're not leaned over. And this is what I tell people about sport bikes is they, 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 they come in so many variations and it's not 1985 anymore. And you're not forced on something like, you know, a Honda VFR or, you know, a Gixxer. There's so many variations that you can get something like this. That's incredible power, incredible performance, handling, suspension. You know, the ride is awesome, great in corners, probably handles the twisties better than a lot of other sport bikes, but so, so much more comfort. I mean, you can, you, you can sit upright and still have a sport bike. And people will argue about that with you on the internet all day long. Like, well, it's not a sport bike because, you know, it's not, it doesn't have clip-ons, you're not leaned over, blah, whatever. But man, it's, it performs like one, it rides like one, just because it doesn't have the traditional look of one. Like, so what? I mean, it's a great in-between. It's just something really different. And people discount these bikes because they just assume they're like everything else and, and they're not. And that's like the beauty of the 690 Duke is that it's half the size, it's even lighter. And that's, you know, that's not a crazy um, race bike, but it certainly rides like one. I mean, it, and you can have that. You don't, you know, you're not forced on something that's like a traditional sport bike. And if you have the opportunity to ride somebody's, do it. You will not be disappointed and you'll probably want one after that um yeah it's, i mean it's 17 grand for that super duke oh uh, well not bad. i mean it's not bad when you think about it it's not that bad and it is the um i believe the lc8 engine so it's a twin it's a nice their v twin mm -hmm. so the let's see what is horsepower 150 I'd, I'd hope to god it was at least a twin it's a <laughs> no no it's a twin and it's 150 horsepower um, yeah. just a really, really powerful fast bike. That being said, it's not a beginner bike. It's, yeah. um, definitely requires some serious experience and it does have the riding modes, which is cool, but man, I would love something like that. And my only issue with buying something like that, aside from the price tag is, <laughs> um, is the traveling aspect. It's probably not going to be your best friend if you try to yeah. ride, if you're someone country. who doesn't have uh, a couple of bikes, it's probably not going to be a utilitarian multi-purpose. Right. Machine. It's it's not something a little bit um, more adequate to ride around the country like, uh, say, a Ninja 1000 would be better for that. Like, that is actually sure. a worthy touring sport bike, which is kind of fun. But Super Duke is just its own thing. And the only one I've ever ridden besides the 690 Duke is the 990 Super Duke R, which was a 2000... I think it was like an 08 or an 09 that my friend um, let me take around the parking lot. All I did was the parking lot. And I'm so glad that's all I did because I probably would have gotten in a lot of trouble if I took that out on the highway because he was an MSF coach. And I, he pulled up on it. I was like, 
hey, can I sit on that? He's like, sure. So I just sat on it to just be curious because, I mean, at the time working at Scuderia, we didn't have them anymore. I mean, you, you haven't been able to buy a new one since like, you know, 2008 or whatever. So I never yeah. even sat on one. And I just wanted to see like, all right, how, you know, how painfully tall is this? I sat on it. I barely touched the ground with my taller boots on. I got my, <laughs> I got my one toe down and I had just enough like within centimeters of space to get my right foot down to get the side stand up because it's Ugh. one thing to get your foot down but then you still yeah. have to get your other foot down to kick up the side stand so i had like just barely enough room and then i hopped quickly back to the left side and he let me take it for a spin around the parking lot and i'm like that bike is dangerous it was actually a little annoying because well, you, I mean, I'm sure it's the same with the 1290. Like, you're in, in first gear. You, you can't ride it in first gear. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure maybe they've changed that. But it was so torquey. Like, I couldn't modulate my throttle properly. Like, I, I just went you right know, in a second. I didn't do, uh, I didn't do low speeds with that bike. Well, apart from turning the corner and, and yeah. coming back and parking. Yeah, and I yeah. So I don't know if it I, had the same issues that that I was talking about when I did the the six ninety when we rode that at Scuderia, I where if you're if bet. you're stuck in traffic and you're kind of yeah, putting around, it, it the six ninety was angry in traffic. Just let me go. Just open it up. Just don't. Yeah. yeah so I I didn't have that same kind of a, a basis for evaluation, but probably would. I'm sure I'll be able to you know at some point ride it but I, I can tell you that <laughs> just with my four words of a bike review I'm I'm not far from the actual um I've had it for a week what do you think of this bike stupid fast stupid bun because every day last week I got a text from him saying hey I'm out on the KTM today <laughs> so literally the other five or six or seven you know that he has just no making it a point to go for a ride every morning just so he can get on that KTM. And that says a lot because the man does, does not have a lot of free time. Does he have and like so, one of each kind? Like he has a cruiser, he has an adventure, he has a race bike, he has a cafe, like that um, kind of variety? Yeah, I mean, he has a couple of British. So he rebuilt a BSA from scratch. Okay, he has a, a Thruxton that uh -huh. he custom uh, customized. He has a Norton. Also and, a cafe. Uh, that's the British segment. I don't think he has a cruiser because that's kind of what the Grizo was. And huh. now he doesn't have that one anymore. What did he trade in? Anymore. I'm curious. The monster. He, you said he traded in the monster. And the Grizo. And the Grizo. And then he also had the three or three whatever cafes. Yeah. So he really doesn't he have has, like. Uh, he has a 990 adventure. And he has. Um... But does he have anything like an R1? Like that kind of bike? No. Oh. He's not a He's not a track guy. Super sporty guy. Oh, that's cool. And he also has uh, hmm. an offer, like a 450 KTM, whatever whatever KTM offers in the in the dirt, like sure. 400 they have CC a couple. spectrum. Yeah, they have the 450. He has that. Oh, and then a Tiger uh, 800 XC. Nice. That's an interest. So that's actually that sounds like a really cool addition. Then very different. Yeah, he's a, a very well-rounded appreciation for motorcycles. So it's kind of cool. I dig. I dig people who you know aren't totally brand specific i mean i don't have don't get me wrong i don't have something against someone who has an entire harem of only ducati because i have friends like that but i it's just kind of cool to <laughs> yeah. see someone with disposable income who has 
uh, no, you know, brand loyalty and can appreciate yeah. across many different spectrums, yeah. you know, the kind cool. of motorcycling. So, so I'm looking yeah. at this uh, motorcycle USA review of the of the KTM, and um, he said this person says uh, the bars are straight and wide, giving loads of rider input into the front wheel and make for a forward, a comfortable and slightly forward stance. Um, and then he says. Oh, the reach to the pegs from 32.9 inch seat height is relaxed enough for all day, but sporty enough for spirited shredding. So maybe you could travel on this puppy. Well, at least if the wind doesn't overtake you. <laughs> There's no windscreen. There's no windscreen. You could probably, I'm sure they sell. I bet if you go to ktmtwins.com, you'll find like a little tiny little fly screen. Yeah. for it but um yeah there's the seat is which i can't even see the seat in this photo it's like it just disappears so i don't know <laughs> like luggage you could maybe put a little krieg pack on there and that's about all you could do um but man it does look really fun it's kind of crazy yeah so so even funnier <laughs> and i'll make the story short and sweet is when i got there in the morning he's like hey have you had coffee yet i'm like yeah i had coffee but i could probably have more it's like, all right, well, let's go to Starbucks. Because, you know, that's the start of every ride day. It starts with Starbucks. And, and everyone jokes about everyone jokes no. about the adventure of the BMW group where they go to oh. Starbucks and then go home. So there's a lot of, you know, deep irony in, in the thought of someone asking me if I want to go to Starbucks. And that consists of our ride, essentially, for the day. Because after that, we went to the, to the shop. So, so he says, would you like to do the road version? or the off-road version to get to Starbucks. I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. Uh, I don't really have an opinion either way. I mean, as long as we're not talking about six inches of sand because I have my street tires on, then sure, let's, you know, we'll do the off-road. So we're we're going around through, um, it's kind of like Castaic, Valencia, that, that area where he lives. And we're cutting basically across from where the residential development is back towards where the five is where the Starbucks. And I'm following him, and we reach this giant pile of wood chips that's like four feet deep. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, well, this is definitely a surface I've never ridden through. And we, it, it turns out that he went too far. We turn around, and we're going up this steep vertical hill. And I'm thinking, I got this. No worries, man. You know, I can do the uphill. And and then once you know, once we get to the top, at some point, gotta go back down again. And so we reach this part where it's got a couple of rain ruts, and it's for what I would consider steep downhill. <laughs> and I'm and I literally stop at the top and I'm and I've got the 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 front brake just completely locked down and, and the clutch in and I'm looking and I'm like, oh God. <sighs> I know what I have to do. I know I have to let off both the front brake and the clutch and just let it go and let gravity take me down. But it's the moment of just getting yourself into that zone <laughs> to have the balls to do it. So he's at the bottom of the hill with his 990 with knobbies. Right. And he's looking up and he's like, come on, <laughs> like dad mode. He reverts to dad mode and he's staring up at me and he's like, come on, you can do it. Come on. And it is just so funny that I'm just, ah! and then finally I just, you know, uh, kind of tried to lean back on the bike as much as I could yep. and let off and I was totally fine. But, right. you know, it's that, that moment of, oh, uh, yeah. that I just, 
I don't put myself in, in technically challenging situations very much, you know, in the day to day. So it's kind of cool. I mean, looking back, I can laugh on it. But at the moment, I was just all consumed with this, this little mohill that I'm freaking out about. But I just, well, if you, I was talking about that. No, I totally understand because I've been there. But my hill was in the opposite direction. Mine was uphill with gravel with like, Ugh. I don't know, a couple inches of gravel because they chipped up Ooh. the road to repave it. Nice. And so it was just all... That's fun. A thick pile of gravel, and it was, I don't know, like 100 yards, and then at the end was another, it was a hill. So it was like a really slow hill. And ask Nancy, next time you see Nancy, she'll tell you um, that I just do you take uh Do you take an uphill, uh, not gravel-packed, but you're saying loose gravel, do you take that slow? Yeah, no, I wasn't going like 100 miles through it. I mean, I... No, I no, no, I'm never saying it, 100 miles an hour, but yeah, slow is um, like, you know... I uh, what did I do so yeah Nancy was like because I waited for her like because I was at the front of the line so as when I got to it I stopped there because I just like what am I gonna do so when she pulled up she's like it's like it's okay it's just a little gravel whatever just you know keep it consistent and smooth and keep your throttle steady and you know don't gun it and don't break really hard just take it easy so I think I went like 15 20 maybe and just okay. yeah in like probably That's i was probably the in same as I go second without gravel yeah just really smooth like i think i went around second gear and then just kept going and that but that like one time with her was all i needed to do all the other dirt that i've done that was street master nancy <laughs> that was street master nancy and we were riding awesome. um i forget what road it was and um but after that one time after that, every time I hit a, I would, you know, find gravel or, or we were on a ride where there was some, I just, just did use the same techniques and to the point where I was able to do all those stupid switchbacks in gravel. I would have done the same thing. Um, Pull up, wait for the coach to roll up I, and say, all right, tips, tips on this. Tips, yeah. And she did. She gave me really good tips and then it was fine. Awesome. And luckily I had good tires too. I didn't have really cheap um, stock tires. So that, that actually made a huge difference to have I don't have knobs I mean god knows yeah. I'm not putting off-road tires on there but I put really good sticky um street tires on like almost uh, actually just road versions of race tires so they were just more relaxed but still really grippy and I think that for me made a huge difference too because it it definitely made me feel like the bike was more stable because the you know the wheels were doing their job and that's why I won't go back to anything but a Michelin Pilot Power Pilot Power tire. Um, but yeah, first time's always the it's always the worst time. Here I haven't found any yet, but uh, if I hit some, whatever, I'm gonna get through it. I'm one thing I'm probably more death you know afraid of is like a water crossing, like a three foot water crossing. I don't think I could wing that, but <laughs> that I would we turn know. around. My opinion about water crossings is that if I'm going to run into one and there's literally like I'm I'm going through it, I have no other option. I can't turn around. I mm -hmm. have to. I'm going to get wet. So I'm going to walk it out. I first don't because you wet. hear these stories. Yeah. Well, I mean, your boots. Sure. Obviously, no, uh, I, you, I, reach, re, you reach a certain level of water saturation yeah, yeah, yeah. where if it's up to your knee, you're going right. to get wet. No, I'm, I'm not worried about the wet. I'm just worried about like my bike, like breaking it down in the middle or not running. Sure. So. Yeah, a lot of you see a lot of videos where people Get try stuck. water crossings with their GoPros mounted to their helmet and don't actually see how deep it is or how fast it is until they get there. Water water crossings, you know, unless you've got 
concrete and it's over a road, water crossings tend to be deepest at the center and also the fastest at the center, um, just as a general rule of thumb for, for water from the, from the geologist. But um, that's pretty much my two cents on the issue. Walk it out. <laughs> I love I loved that post that Walt posted this week. Like He posted a picture of some rock, I think, and then he called yeah. you out. He's like, I don't know what this is. Maybe Christy Farrell knows. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no yeah, She should know, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So if I find some random rock formation, I should call you and take a picture. Yeah, take pictures and send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways, we'll we'll post a link to the 1290 review that actually I, I found one on you know, Morsical USA and check it out if you're in the market for something different and fun and exciting and you got $17,000 to yeah. uh, to spend, uh, check it out. Um, I think before we wrap up, I just, I, I got a bunch of emails this week and I just wanted to share um, a couple of them. If you if you go to my blog, you go to gearchick.com without a K, and you click on Q&A, you'll see um, a collection of all the questions I've been getting. I've got a three more to post that I've been behind on. Um, I got one, actually I got two questions from guys this week. So ladies, I'll let you read through my blog for the five other emails um, that re relate to ladies. And I had one person ask me about summer gloves given his hand fit issues because he has a wider hand and a shorter finger and that's definitely tough and he's looking for Gore-Tex so that's really hard that's another one that makes it a little bit more challenging um, so I gave him a couple of ideas to think about and then I had another um, person ask me about budget adventure gear or dual sport options and um I gave him some links to some sale, some really cool climb sale pants actually right now. Uh, some of the last season, previous season items are on closeout and there's still some sizes available. So I posted a link to that and actually climb, I actually do want to shout out to the, have you um, at all tried on or checked out the Savannah pants? They're the um, just off-road dual sport off -road, pants. Off-road, no. Actually those make really great street pants because they're, they have a nice fit. Um, they have armor pockets. They don't give it to you, but you know, they're like $190. So, yeah. um, they, they have pockets to upgrade the body armor. Um, certainly they're roomier in the bottom for big boots and like knee guards for off-roading, but they're a really cool street summer pant because they have huge vents up the thighs that you can open and they're Cordura. So the material is actually really good for street riding. Oh, and here's a bonus. Uh, something that Rania always rails about <laughs> is that her bike's pipes burn her mm. if she's not careful. She has to wear like thick, she wears chaps because the leather's thick enough to um, not to keep her legs from getting burned. And so these are really versatile because, yeah, you could wear them off-roading or you could wear them dual sporting. Um, they're just not waterproof, but I mean, if you just want something for like summer or spring, um, they have big leather panels on the inside of the thigh. So they're reinforced with the leather. Wow. Yeah, like heat chill. So it's kind of cool. I, I, they, oh, they go to a size two, like a ladies two. So they go down to like about a 27 inch waist. So the, yeah, all the way to it, I want to say 16, maybe 18. Um, and there's a lot of inventory. Like I, there's two colors, um, 
just a really cool, it's actually a really cool street pan. They're, they're not, I wouldn't say they're great if you're on a sport bike because the legs are really big. And even if you Velcro them down, I think the leg openings might be a little bit large. I don't know. It just depends on your bike and kind of how much leg room. Because they're a big boot cut, like wide leg down below the knee kind of fit. So like I think they'd be great on like your F800 or on a GS or something. But I think they might be a little awkward if you're on like a CBR300. Hmm. But that was a, yeah, it's actually really cool. Really great pants. I wish I needed something like that I would totally get that but um, just a nice like a really nice alternative pant option um, from our friends at climb and no there's no matching jacket for that because <laughs> it's dirt wear so there's a jersey so if you're looking for ladies dirt gear they actually do have a ladies dirt jersey that you can wear and dirt gloves for off-roading adventures but for street it's just the altitude Oh, speaking of the altitude, really quick, uh, I'm, I met Leslie. Yeah, I saw that. I only met Leslie. She's very sweet. Um, <laughs> sounds like she had quite an adventure. If you're um, interested in the altitude and you want to see some real-world feedback, um, extensive feedback, you want to go to Leslie's blog. It's, uh, I believe it's still the same URL. Um, ADV girl but two r's advgrrl.com and she's been posting updates on the pants and the jacket and just all of her like pros and cons so it's like a really nice in-depth review of the outfit and how how it's been working for her on her trip so far and i think she's headed back west now because she lives in vancouver i believe or near near vancouver so hello leslie it was nice to meet you Have you met Leslie yet? No. No, I have not. not. She's like she doesn't come out this far. That's true. She never goes to California. <laughs> well, I got lucky to meet her because she was coming out this way. I didn't meet her either. Um, but yeah, she's got some good, some good info there. So I. You know, um, huh? was I? I'm looking at my to find out how long I've had the icebreakers. You know, I haven't even had them for a year. I was going to ask you this. So both my base layers, mm -hmm. um, granted, the one base layer that I have from Climb came apart near the seam. So yeah. that's probably a seam issue. But the merino wool ones, I'm not, you know, my nails are actually very short right now. Mm -hmm. and Did you tear I through it? Put a, yeah. Yeah, no, I like, didn't. Yeah, no. The whole hand. Oh, the whole and hand. I'm sitting there like it just boonk. And and so I'm sitting there with the with the stuff still on, thinking, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna take the sewing, you know, needle and sure." <laughs> and that also happened on my shirt, where I was, uh, it was sweaty, and so I was just pulling it up, yep. and I ended up putting my finger through it. Yeah, I put my finger through both, both my shirt. Yeah, and my, it's just this, a finger though, not a lot, but yeah, I tore it like pantyhose a little bit, just a tiny. Yeah, is that is that normal? Should we be? I think scratching it's, our heads. I think it's normal because it's a 150 gram weight. It's a really light sheer layer, yeah. so it's not heavy duty. Like I, of course, the 200 gram one. Then I've never, I could never do that too. But to me, yeah. I just attribute it to the fact that it's a really light, light layer, and because it's wool, you know, because it's merino, that it's more vulnerable. Because you know, if you were wearing like, I don't know, I think if I was wearing like an Under Armour that's the light their lighter weight i i'm just guessing because they're probably synthetic fibers they're a little bit stronger 
Yeah. And not as my, that was just my theories that, oh, wow, these 150s are really light. Because I was doing the same thing. I was trying to pull my pants up, pull the waistband up, and I tore a little hole. And then the shirt, I was just trying to tuck it in. And I just, yeah, with my, my nails are always short. And I just poked a little hole because I was pushing really hard on it. So it, it's, I mean, it's not like I've torn holes all the way through it, all over the place. Just that one. No, tuck, yeah, I, I haven't you know, completely eradicated but, it from my body, but. I think that's, I was, yeah, I think it's just because she's light. Because you can literally see through it. I mean, it's yeah. so sheer. So, it's they're like tights. I'd say they're about as light as, like, you know, really nice wool tights. So, yeah. yeah. I actually want to try, I actually really want to try some synthetic um, based lighter layers. Because the humidity here is so gross. The wool is just a little, I don't know, it just feels a little bit worse. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's just because it's freaking hot and I can't, you know, it's, if it's hot, it's hot and you're you're screwed. But there's just something about California desert heat that the merino is actually kind of great. Like it, it's comfortable and, and I never feel uncomfort, uncomfortable in them. But here, the humidity is making it, I don't know, just not feel that great. So... Maybe want to try like Revit's, um, they have like a synthetic, I don't know, I need to kind of Google and see what I can come up with, but I'd really like to try something that's not a merino. So plenty of excellent fodder for future episodes on the quest for <laughs> synthetic base layers. That's right. That are more, uh, more apt to handling humidity. And I actually had to look this up. This is episode 44. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's been a little while. Um, Since we just rolled right into it. It was like, oh, 44. I, I did a quick mention, but I just thought we had a good conversation going, so I didn't want to... Oh, yeah. No, mm. no, no. <laughs> but uh, we will try to be a little more timely with 45. Uh, I will be around. Yeah, that's my problem. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely shoot again to have you at 45 next week. Uh, thank you. Thank you again for joining us. And as always, please find us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, or on the website, motorific.com, or on our um, respective Twitter feeds, Gear Chick, without a K, and ADV Goddess. And until next week, we will talk to you then. Bye-bye.